space, the final frontier. Space Station Ashland sits on the edge of Federation space with its companionship, the USS Dalamis Christian. The space around them is full of mystery and strange wonders, where secrets are kept and danger lurks around every corner. The crew of the Dalamis Christian must navigate treacherous waters as they work to protect the Federation. But as they peer into the unknown, they will discover that the line between friend and foe is not always clear. They will be tested like never before and will face challenges that will push them to their limits. Join us on this adventure as we explore the farthest reaches of space and uncover the hidden truths that lie within the shadows. Tabletop Journeys presents Star Trek Preservations. Welcome, travelers. I'm Lee Wanika of Tabletop Journeys, and we are here for Star Trek Preservations, our actual play of the Star Trek Adventures role-playing game by Modifius Entertainment. Before we get started with a recap of our Season 2 opener, can't believe we've actually hit Season 2. That's pretty stinking cool. I do want to take a moment to go around with our cast, and then they're going to introduce themselves and their character. And we'll start with our ship's... Oh. Morning, everyone. I'm Joe Harney, and I am playing Commander Sabian Tobor, the commanding officer of the USS Delamus Christian, a Federation Saber-class starship, and the primary source of all of our rails and gallivanting throughout the universe. Excellent. And our exo... Hi, I'm Adam Scaramella. I'll be playing Lieutenant Commander Ocean Chizilra. He is the Andorian First Officer of the Delanus Christian. Excellent. Staying in those frigid temperatures, we're going to go right to our engineering department and our chief engineer. Hello, I'm David Rideout. I'm playing Lieutenant Davidian Tanari, the Andorian chief engineer of the Delamas Christian. Right. We're going to warm things up a little bit and give a warm greeting to our newest cast member, Lacey. Hi, I'm Lacey Knudsen, and I'm playing uh, Lieutenant Narilla Nilan, a science officer, and I'm new here. Excellent. And typically our cast would also include my co-host, Glenn Myers, playing... Kamdrel Najjar, our security officer. Glenn is unable to join us this afternoon as we are recording, but he will be back for future episodes and we'll discuss what his character is doing during the actual play itself. So with that, I'm going to jump right into a quick recap of our previous episode so folks know where we are in the story thus far. As any who've listened to Season 1 knows, Aslan Station has completed a great deal of work. Phase 1 of the construction and activation cycle has been completed, thanks in large part to the activities of the crew of the Delamas Christian. With that 
The DC itself has been engaged in many missions, but most recently a mission to rescue an ally, the Ferengi captain of the freighter fleet that works in this area, Damon Brazig. During that rescue, they came across the species now known as Species Epsilon with the designation NP101148. Species Epsilon is the title provided to the creatures that Star Trek fans will know as the alien creatures from the Conspiracy episode Season 1 of Star Trek The Next Generation. These creatures had taken over a large number of folks in this area. Damon Brazig's life was in jeopardy. This involved a firefight with multiple ships, Klingon ships, in fact. There was a boarding action on board the Delamus Christian, which was successfully and rapidly repelled by Lieutenant Najar and his security team. And during that event... A strange computer protocol took over the D.C. and surprised some folks. The threat was dealt with, but some of those enemies did escape. A search has ensued, and we are picking up in the midst of that search a short time after the conclusion of Episode 1. So with that, we return to Star Trek Preservations and today's episode, Under Your Own Power. Stardate 57621.12. After three weeks of searching for species Epsilon, we still have found nothing. Detailed scans in search for their energy trail have yielded no new clues. The Delamus Christian and several other ships in the region continue attempts to track down the unknown vessel that escaped the shoals of Tethys. Extensive search patterns involving four additional ships coordinated by Aslan Station have occurred. These ships represent some of the most cutting-edge vessels in our inventory, with the best sensors and tracking systems in the fleet. The USS Pulsar has returned to its normal mission profile, while the Michael Collins remains on its extended survey mission. Two Nova-class vessels, the USS Faraday and the USS Carl Sagan, join us and the Intrepid-class USS Marathon in the search. The captains and executive officers of our vessels have been summoned to a meeting aboard the Faraday by Captain... Cheek to learn what our next steps in the search will be. As we open our scene, a number of captains can be seen on the various ships as they cross through the bulkheads and they enter their own transporter rooms, getting ready to head to the Faraday. You see the captain, an XO, and security officer from the Sagan, the captain, XO, and a science officer from the Marathon. And you also see on the Faraday, captain heading towards their conference room, the EXO waiting and greeting folks at their transporter room. We then pan to the Delamus Christian as Captain Tobor and the EXO are getting ready to leave their bridge and head towards the transporter room. It is at this point in time that Ensign Vasily, who's currently in the tactical position, reports to the captain. Captain, I received a message from Lieutenant Najir. He and his away team are still trying to track down a few additional leads. They're not sure what they have, but they do feel that it would be useful to take care of those matters. Very good, Ensign. Tell him if he breaks the eagle, he buys it. Sure. You saw how good he shot, right? Do you really want me to say that? Rank has its privileges. (laughs) 
sir? Yes, sir. And uh, Vasily, sheepishly, which is weird for Vasily, turns and begins to prepare himself and steal himself up for the mission. Adam? Yes, I would like to add a threat to the scene by gathering questions about the people that we are um, going to be seeing. Specifically, I want to understand whether or not any of the officers or the crew have been tagged with any skeptical dealings, especially during the Dominion War. Likewise, I would like to also spend the second question to get a little bit more information about Commander Bess Frank, specifically about the interactions that she's looking to have with me. If there's anything on video that we can be reviewing. Oh, absolutely. A couple things, and thank you for throwing me some threat a little early on. Always a pleasure. However, one of the things I forgot to mention as we began tonight's session is where we start for threat. So this particular mission is starting with a standard two threat for each player present, which means we started with eight. We have just added one threat, giving us nine. So we have nine threat currently and zero momentum. That said, let's tackle question number one. Question number one was looking at whether or not any of the officers or crew in the various ships have any sort of sketchy history, especially when it came to their dealings in the Dominion War. Absolutely. This actually comes to you far faster than you normally get information. And the reasons why might be something you can investigate separately, but you get the information fairly quickly. The first thing that's important to note is the Marathon was a scout survey ship during the Dominion War and it served as part of the Rutledge Battle Group. That battle group included a number of ships, including the Faraday, the Sagan, the Delamas Christian. There are other ships, and I'm going to give you the rundown. There's a large battle group that had a storied career, but they did operate away from DS9. So despite the fact that that was the focus of the Dominion War, they were in other places during that conflict. So you had the USS Rutledge, which is a steam runner, and C-C57623. That was the flagship of the Rutledge Battle Group and at the time was commanded by Admiral Aslan. You had the USS Lisbon, NCC 74179. That was a Norway Mark II. You have the Oslo, NCC 74182, also a Norway Mark II. You had the Marathon, which we previously mentioned. You have the Faraday which is a Nova-class starship NCC-74150. And the Sagan, NCC-74143, also a Nova-class ship. And you have the Hestia, which is an Akira-class vessel, NCC-63573. The Havoc, NCC-63580. The Delamas Christian, you're on it. NCC-11948. The USS Rama, which is also a Saber class. NCC-64266. As far as shady dealings, 
The Rutledge Battle Group has a lot of redacted missions. Almost every ship in the group has significantly redacted missions. None so much as the Delamas Christian. In fact, most of the record on the Delamas Christian consists of it was part of the group, it was present for Battle X, Y, or Z, but not a lot of its specific missions. There are even personnel on certain ships, and you can look into more detail, that were redacted. But what is important about the vessels that you're dealing with currently is the staff on the Faraday was well known for taking big chances. In a tactical sense, they made tactical errors that had good results. They would leave postings if they felt the mission called for it. There's all kinds of jokes about how Kirk and the Enterprise practiced cowboy diplomacy and ran off doing all these crazy things. And obviously in Picard season three, we know how a lot of people feel about Picard and Riker and the way they handled things. But in the end, the Faraday is, uh, is a crew that did that to the nth degree. And there were losses and things and people that were placed in great jeopardy or in harm's way because of the way they handled things. But they have always been a bit of a show-off kind of ship. But nothing that indicated that they might be operating inappropriately. Tough to say with the amount of redaction that's in the group. Okay. And with that kind of redaction, you would probably surmise that if they were operating quote-unquote inappropriately, it was likely sanctioned. Understood. And question two was? Question two was about the Faraday's executive officer, Bess Frank. I'm wondering if there's any information about her medical history or any videos of her training or of anything that she might have been engaged in physical combat. Nothing specific stands out medically. She didn't train with highly renowned individuals. Lucen trained with a, a more a well-regarded trainer when he was in the Academy Year Ensign than she did. But what's known about her is very much like her ship, uh, like her captain, and like a lot of their crew, they have a reputation for showing off. They like to be right. And what is known is she is scrappy. She is a bit of a fighter, though her skills are not specific. And she's not a technique person. She's not like Riker, who practiced Ambo Jitsu from the time he was a child until he was an adult. She's just a person that you would not want to tangle in a bar fight with. She just steals up, uses her determination, and finds ways to win in physical conflict. She is definitely a physically fit individual, but she is not well trained in those arts, but she loves to show off. And what is known is she also loves to show off for her crew. So anytime she can say, I'm the best at something, whatever that may be, she jumps on that opportunity. All right. So if that's the case, Tanari, Ocean's going to come to you the day before this gathering. And I'm going to ask to spend some time sparring with you. And I'll reveal to you that I have been challenged to a sparring match by the XO of the Faraday. And given the facts that our group has been seen as upstarts by many of our peers across Starfleet, I'd like to make sure that I show them 
that we're not to be underestimated. And specifically, I would like to spar with you enough to present a very subtle but false tell in my fighting style. Something that I'm going to hope to have her try to take advantage of me with. Sure. Uh, Which holodeck sparring program would you like? I've got six of them. My parents were historical reenactors back on the starship I grew up on, and I've got six of their classic programs. Which do you want to try? As far as the scenery goes, I'll let you decide. But this is going to be a one-on-one scenario, so even a plain dojo would be fine. I've got that. This is a bit of a detour from my original plan, but I really love where this detour is going. I will say, and we're a day before we actually began the episode, so this is a bit of a flashback here. The two of you are in the holodeck. You've got a dojo. Would you have invited other folks, bridge officers and such? No. The whole goal of this for me is I'm not specifically concerned about winning the fight. I'm more concerned about showing the others that are going to be watching this sparring that the crew of the Dalamus Christian is not to be taken lightly. Excellent. That's my goal. I don't care if they win or not. It is more a matter of the, oh, okay, they are more than we thought they were. That's my goal here, and that's where I'm looking to build up the morale of our crew to basically just say – Yeah, let them think what they want about us. We know, and when push comes to shove, they better not underestimate us. Excellent. So we are doing our Star Trek version of the fight from the 13th Warrior is essentially what I'm picking up on. Yes. Which, by the way, probably my second favorite scene in that entire film. (laughs) The first being him, Ben Aris's learning of the language. But I absolutely love that idea. Because it is less about the actual confrontation and more about the strategy and the thought process and the intimidation factor within that conflict, what I'm going to say is the two of you have an extended challenge, which is designed to provide advantage on intimidation of the other crews and increase of reputation or clout on the part of the Dalamas Christian. So when you do have to engage in those social things, that's how this would work. In this case, I'm going to say the work track is going to be 15. Magnitude is going to be 3. Everybody's pretty competent, and they are already show-off, so there is going to be a resistance of two. And our base difficulty is going to be three. Now, even though the two of you are technically sparring together, Tanara, you would be the assist in this particular case. And for the audience who is catching up, and for Lacey, effectively what we have is a specific type of challenge known as an extended uh, challenge, which means there are three levels of things that have to be cleared, basically three parts of the test that have to be accomplished. And then there's an amount of work that is done throughout that process based on the standard task and die rolling mechanic as we begin we are again at nine threat no momentum Mm -hmm. and your first roll sir this is less about the combat itself and it's more of the first thing is more about developing that false tell okay Uh, the first thing i think we're going to do is just tanari and i are just going to spar or i'm going to spar with a hologram that part of his simulation and he's going to observe me and just actually point out 
whether or not he thinks anybody can see that kind of thing. So the first is more of a, a performance on my part. So I don't know. I'm assuming that uh, the combat is going to fall under security. But as far as the attribute goes, I don't know. Would this be? I would say presence. Okay, presence would be the way that we're going to go about this. Yep. Okay, so that would be a total for me of 16. We don't have anything in the bin, and I don't want to build up anything for this. I rolled a 13 and a 1. So. All right, so you hit the 3, and now you would roll the challenge dice. And just to amend one thing, I would like to let the captain know that I am doing this, both because A, he probably should be aware that I'm accepting a fight from another officer, and B, to let him know that this is the goal of my approach. Excellent. And, and I don't know if that means that he wants to be participating in this or not. But Wait, why are you fighting another Starfleet officer? I, I have been challenged to a what is supposed to be a, a sparring match with Commander Frank. The Apparently, it's a tradition among the XOs of the this battle group. Yes, I remember. Yeah, and it's supposed to build morale for the crew. That being said, I am concerned that the typically the uh, I've heard that other Starfleet officers may have been known to consider our crew as upstarts. And I just want to make sure that they're aware that they should not take us lightly. We should not Perfect. be underestimated. Yes. Bess has a mean right hook. Watch out for it. Good to know. Joe, the challenge dice uh, on something like this, how many would he be rolling? Two plus the related discipline. All right. So that would be seven for me. So that would be a total of five successes, no deltas. So five with the resistance leaves you with three on the work track. Or three is the adjusted work. And, oh, you know what? We still needed Tenari to roll just to see if momentum was gained, and I should have asked for that. I apologize. Okay. Am I rolling one dice or two? You'd be rolling one. And since he wanted me to analyze his style first, so I would make the argument that would probably be reason security. Okay. All right. And just to set the scene for what the program looks like, when we enter the holodeck, the doors open, and what is an open room, what you would expect from a dojo. The walls are pale white and blue. The walls looking like shaped ice from what you expect from an Andorian mm -hmm. structure. The walls themselves are lined with racks of various Andorian weaponry. The traditional Ushan, what you would expect, but also various spears and swords. The ceiling itself is probably three to four meters tall. And the ground is metal, but with pads and mats on it for practice purposes. And it is all well lit. Excellent. And there are banners hanging from the side with traditional Andorian art upon it. So I look around and when I do walk in, I would smile and nod and, and tell you that Ocesa would be impressed with this. Thank you. Let's see. Reason security is a 13 and I get a six. Okay, so there is one momentum gained, and take up your second run at this. Okay. Do you want to flip this around and have you do a challenge that I'm assisting you based to represent that we're working in tandem on this, or do you want me to just keep going with what I'm doing? I like that. So, yeah. Dave, with the second round of sparring that you're doing, okay. this is going to be, I would assume, more about how you're changing up the program or adding in some complications to better help 
Ocean bring out the things he's looking to bring out. So let me, for the second round then, I will, after having watched him the first round, let me program in an appropriate opponent for him to practice against. Okay. And I would think that since it's combat, it would still be reason security, but I think then my computer focus would probably come into play as well. Fair enough. Okay, so that would still be 13 and then two dice then, correct? Yep, correct. All right, that is a four and a one, so that is three successes. Okay. Excellent. For me, I'm assuming that this would be more keeping up with it, so fitness and security this time? Works for me. Which is lower to 13, which I make just barely. Excellent. You have two momentum. And, Tanari, if you'd be so kind as to roll your challenge die. Again, two plus your discipline. Two plus your discipline, so that's five dice. That is three with one delta. Okay. And that counts as one, so that's four total. So you have achieved five work on the track at this point. So you are on your way one more round at this time, and then you'll have to do the rest of this on the following day. We're back to Ocean and his work on the matter. Okay. If that's the case, I'd like to rinse and repeat. Do I want to spend one? I want to spend one of those momentums that we just picked up so to get an extra die. Okay. But I'm going to take, I'm going to approach it the same way. 16. Let's see. Whenever I bought a task with security and I bought a a momentum, I re-roll a dice which I don't need to, but I'm going to anyways, just to see if I can get, no, okay. Three successes, one of those is a critical. Okay, so that's four total. Four total, yep. And Tenari? All right, assuming this will be reason security again, one dice. That is a 10, so that is a success. Excellent, so that's five total. That is a net gain for the crew. So you now have a total of three momentum to nine threat, and, and you go your ahead. Sorry. work. And I'm going to send you a picture of this because it's a great roll. It is no, it's it literally. I got so the deltas are count as two, two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven. No deltas. No deltas only count, count as, as one. Just count as once. Okay, yeah, two, they, four, five, six, seven, eight. They only count as two if you have a talent that lets them count as more than one. Got it. I understand. Thank you. All right. We have our first breakthrough. So you are definitely at the point where you are successfully able to show that opening you want her to take advantage of. So you can you have been you're at the point right now where you can create the environment for your end goal. So we've gotten that breakthrough in place. Now it's Mm -hmm. the other parts of it that you have to work at. And we'll get back to that the following day. So the flashback is over with your training montage. You are following your captain, leaving the bridge, headed down the hall to the transporter room. If joining the Tabletop Journeys actual play games sounds like the kind of fun you're looking for, be sure to check out patreon.com slash ttjourneys, where patrons of the Tabletop Journeys podcast not only get early access to all of our episodes, but they get the opportunity to play in our monthly actual play games, where the dice are wild and we make every roll 
legendary. We are going to jump scene to the engineering department where the Delamas Christian's new science officer is meeting with Lieutenant Tanari. The task at hand is to work on a process that will help detect species epsilon as well as protective equipment that can be discreetly worn. Those are the two big tasks that were set up, and the two of you are in the, the office in the engineering section deciding your approach and figuring out how you want to tackle these two separate but critical endeavors. Sitting around the engineering pool table, as it were. Correct. Take it away. The scene is yours, Dave and Lacey. All right. So I think, now is this going to be another extended task? depends on your approach, so I'm going to let you tell me how you wish to uh, take it on. Alright. I would think this would first be a science task to identify the unique properties of species Epsilon. and So that would probably be a science task. I'm curious on how, of course, been briefed on them. Have I seen them or like what kind of exposure have I had to this race? We have a couple dead versions of them that Lieutenant Najar provided to us. Specifically in your history, because you are very similar to the other members of the crew assigned here at the direction of Commodore Pritchard, you have more than a passing familiarity with it. It's just not something that has come up and is part of your official record because obviously it's sensitive and redacted information. You are familiar with the species. However, the two specimens that are here are the only actual physical specimens you've ever had the opportunity to deal with. You have dealt with them in forget secure research stations and such like that. You're familiar with a set of notes, the author of which has been also redacted, that were very complex and detailed on interactions with the species. And you've even dealt with a person who survived one of these creatures, but they are basically in a catatonic or coma-like state. They basically survive physically due to some therapies that were worked out at the time. They've kept their bodies physically alive, but mentally they are no more. That individual has actually been officially listed as killed in action, but you are aware that the body is still in existence, it's still living, and it is in a secure facility, very similar to the Daystrom black site that was seen in Picard season three. It's on the farm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Klingons that came over last time that Najar shot and that the parasites came out of, what happened to them? Their bodies are still in storage uh, within the Delamas Christian, and there are some things that we're going to be dealing with in regards to that shortly as well. But are they alive or dead? Super dead. Super dead. Gotcha. (laughs) Najar super shot him twice. he come with the guns. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) So we have dead hosts and dead parasites. Correct. So I think that we could definitely use that to science out some specifics of this race to uh, detect. Okay. So given that, 
and there were two separate things that you were looking to do. One was per- identify, and the other was protective equipment. Which of the two tasks were you looking for? I think that a detection would be a good first step. All right. So the difficulty on this one is going to be a three. Because you have a plethora of collected knowledge, you actually have physical specimens and computer models, all of that. The resistance on this task has been reduced, so there is only a resistance of one. As far as the magnitude, there are going to be four total breakthroughs in order to get this done, and the work track is 20 on this particular one. And we are doing three intervals. This is not one that's going to be done in any one episode. This is over time. But we are definitely looking at being done in three total intervals throughout the course of the season. So we're going to start at interval one at this time. Given that, since the first part is mostly getting the sciencey parts of it out there, Lacey, you're in control. How would you like to approach using the information in hand and uh, putting it to good use? I think that using the specimens and the logbooks to identify traits that are very specific to this race would be a good starting point. So like identifying. Excellent. In that case, I would say uh, definitively, this is going to be a reason science role. So you'd be adding those two totals. That's your target number. You start with a base of two dice, and then if you'd like to go move forward from there, you can certainly do so through either the expenditure of momentum or the delivery of threat to yours truly. So I add my reason and science together, and I have to roll lower than that number or equal or lower? Equal to or lower. Equal to and lower. Okay. I start with two dice. But... Here's the thing. You want to decide if you're buying extra dice right, at right. this stage before you roll, because again, the target and the number difficulty is what three. And you're being assisted by Tanari. Oh, so you're also being is. assisted by the ship in the ship computer. Correct. So you've got four dice currently, essentially, because you're rolling two, Tanari's rolling one, and the Christian's rolling one. I so, think I have something. If I'm assisted by the ship's computers and sensors. Technical expertise? Science officer, one bonus momentum, which can be okay, so used to obtain info. Is that later? Yes. I'm Basically, sorry. It, it, I, I believe, if I recall correctly, that is if you're successful, you then basically get a bonus momentum to be able to ask an additional question about the situation. The only, and Joe's correct, with a difficulty of three, with the amount of dice being totally ro- rolled, you do have uh, a strong possibility of hitting that. However, nobody can assist if you don't have at least one success. So that is always something to keep in your internal calculation. With a difficulty of three, where your numbers are, you may, well, I, I personally often will buy at least one other die to make sure I have a single success. For one extra die, is a, especially since we have three of momentum, is a pretty good ROI. All right. So. I would be rolling two dice normally, plus one for momentum and plus yep. the ship. And yeah, so you'd be rolling three dice. Okay. If you're successful, somebody will roll for the ship, and then Tanari will roll to assist. So yep. I'm taking the momentum. We are now at two momentum, nine threat, and you may roll. 
Alright, so I have bold science and it says if I attempt a task with science, I can buy one or more d20s by adding to threat, I can reroll a single d20. Would that be better than momentum? What do you guys think? Better is a relative term? Yeah. You can certainly give me more threat. I like that idea, but uh, I might be biased. I wasn't asking you. (laughs) (laughs) Out! Welcome to the club. You are officially part of the crew. One of us. One of us. (laughs) Yes! I have no problem with it. I have bold engineering, so I pay into threat all the time. All the time. We're at a point where 9 versus 10 is not a mechanically functional difference, so rather not roll the complication. So if you do with the threat, that's probably good. Yeah. All right. Then let's do that. (laughs) And of course, there's the dismuke factor to keep in mind. Coming for you, Michael. All right. Everything's added, right? It's all in the, there, the limit. So I don't, it's yeah, just what I rolled, right? Yeah, it's w- what you rolled. Okay. So my reasonable science is 15 and I got three, 12 and eight. All of those are successes. I didn't ask this question. Was there a specific focus that you wanted to use with this? And I'm happy to retro in this case, because this is your first SDA role. Attention to fine details. That would be very Feels appropriate relevant in this is that, a, like a value that a, is that a value or is that a focus? It's oh. under focus, but I don't remember how I chose it because I feel like it was a while ago. Focuses would typically be more like subject matter areas, so biology, things of that nature. So, what, Lacey, can I ask, what are your six focuses that you have currently? Attention to find details, chemistry, astrophysics, virology, being decisive because hesitation can cost you, and PPE gear development, which actually feels applicable in a bit. I think you have two of those that were supposed to be values versus foci. But did you say you had xenobiology? Did I hear that correctly? Mm-hmm. Or no? Uh, no, no, I you had said... virology. Okay. You had virology, and what was the other one? Chemistry and astrophysics. Okay. So... Because you're looking for a detector, I would say either chemistry or virology could work in this particular case. And then we can make some adjustments with figuring out which values are going to stay and then replacing those with foci a little bit later. But I would definitely say either of those two, probably chemistry more than than virology in this particular case, would work. So in that case, the three would count as a critical. So it counts as two successes, which gives you a total of four. Yeah, total of four successes. So we've got that. Captain Tobor, if you'd be kind enough to roll for the Delamas Christian. Very good. Computer science, I assume? Sure. All right. I'm looking for a 12 or less. We have an 11, so we have a success for assist. We're at five, and Tanari, you are assisting. Okay, I'd like to help her out by providing a computer program to help her with her analysis. Okay. So I think reason engineering and then using my computer focus. That works for me. So that is a 14, seven. All right, so that is a total of six successes on a three difficulty, giving you three momentum. So we are now at a total of six momentum for the crew of the Delamas Christian. So with that, you're going to roll the challenge dice to see how much work you get done on this extended task. And that's going to be two plus your discipline, in this case, science. So two plus the four for six total challenge dice. Now, Lacey, do you have any of the special Star Trek Adventures dice? I do not. Okay. Okay, so 
It's just regular D6s, and a 1 counts as a 1, a 2 counts as a 2, a 3 and 4 are blanks, and then a 5 and 6 is the delta symbol, which is a 1 plus an effect. I got 1, 1, 3, 2s, and a 5 and 6. Wow. That's 5 total? No, uh, no. no that's uh, 6, 7, 8, 9. 9. Oh, okay. She rolled three twos. That's what I missed. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Crushing the science. Wait, what was... I'm sorry. Can you explain to me what was I aiming for? So you were just aiming to get the highest total possible. Basically, the way to look at an extended task is consider the task an enemy that you have to overcome, and you are working down the task's hit points effectively. So you're just trying to do damage to its difficulty or total difficulty, which is 20 long that you can do over a a period of time and with a limited number of rolls. So you just did nine of it, nearly half all in the first roll. So that's pretty hot. And you have two cool effects, which I will describe now. You do get one breakthrough. Regarding this breakthrough, I'll add on the information. This first breakthrough... Really quickly, by any chance, Lacey, do you have the In the Nick of Time talent? I don't think so. Let me double okay. check. Because that's one of the main science talents that if in these types of extended tasks, if you roll those fives or sixes, they count as two instead of one. No, I don't. Unfortunately, oh. that sounds awesome. <laughs> Again, it's, but it's only for these types of extended ones yeah. does it come into play. So. Yeah, so it has a limited use, but it's very effective when that said limited use comes up. With that first breakthrough, what you're able to do is identify a series of chemical compounds that are very unique to the species based on other entities and known entities in the Federation databases. That chemical signature is fairly easy to identify now that you've isolated that and can provide that information. The next piece is how to program to look for that through various types of distortions, various types of masking, that kind of thing. That's the next piece that you'll be working on. The cool factor here, the added factor that you are now aware of is that in this process and with Tenari's work on the programming, you have unlocked a subroutine within the Delamas Christians computer core which already had that information, but it did not have a way to apply it. And so that is going to give you situationally a reduction of one difficulty on any future roles for this particular extended task because you've you've unlocked a mystery within the Delamas Christian. Now, at this time, you've got one more roll during this particular interval that you can make. You are partway there to getting this device put together between the two of you. You've identified the chemical. Now it's trying to figure out a way to vary things. Like I said, breakthrough sensors, that's the next step. And then the final step is more of the physical how do we develop this into a device or a, pro- a process? How do we apply it kind of piece? How about if we work on modifying a tricorder with specialized sensors to detect the chemicals? Okay. So I would say reason engineering. Okay. So in this one, you'll take the lead on this one. Uh-huh. All right. Reason engineering works for me. I will go ahead and spend a momentum for an extra dice since we've got the momentum. You got it. We are down to five. 
And since I'm programming a tricorder, could I use computers? Yes. Tenari, why don't you buy two dice? Because if you're going to generate momentum, you're going to... It's going to fill up super quick. So that one's cocked. Only two successes. Good call on the buying the extra dice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've got two successes. We still... There is a reduction of difficulty, so we have hit that. Adam, mm-hmm. would you be kind enough to roll for the DC on this one? And then, Lacey, you'll be rolling one die on the assist. Let Adam go, and then we'll kind of pick your part and what your process for assisting this piece would be. Computer I don't security. Have the DC's stats up, but I rolled a twenty. All right, twenty will not help. That will not help at all. It'll help one of us. Finally, it wasn't me rolling a twenty. Yep. Yeah. Is that your first twenty, Adam? I don't recall you rolling a twenty before. I have rolled twenties before, but they have always been negated by the cautious security. Ah, gotcha. Yep. Fair enough. I was going to say, there's got to be a reason why you've never really gotten one, and you've yep. been able to work your way out well, of I've, it. That's why. I've rolled them, yes. But yeah, no. Fair enough. So with this complication... Actually, well, I can I make a suggestion? Okay, suggestion? You can make a suggestion, but I, I actually have something planned, but I'm interested to hear what your suggestion would be. Mine or Tenaris? Go, Joe. Uh, go, Joe. So mine would be that we think we have it, but it'll, at some inconvenient point, it'll give us a false positive that we're going to freak out about. Okay. And Tanari? No, I was just going to suggest that Lacey roll before we go to the complication, but... Fair enough. Yep, good point. Lacey, so your approach to the assist on this. So my assist would be to help apply the chemistry needed to fine-tune the sensor, like, to test the sensor. This is reason engineering? Um, or? yeah. You could do either engineering or science, your choice, whichever you uh, feel okay. would work. I'm easy with either. Okay. Science is I think more applicable. Then I got an 11, which is lower than... Excellent. So we have three, which is necessary to succeed, but we do have the complication. Tenari, would you roll your challenge dice, please? Mm-hmm. Two plus engineering is six dice. Six. All right. I figure we come up with a tricorder with some kind of lumpy addition on the end of it. Okay. So you have a tricorder that will work, but the complication is twofold. One... It seems to only work on tricorder, so it is not widely usable. And at present, you are having challenges duplicating that effort. The benefit to future rolls is has been reversed, so you're back to standard difficulty on sub- subsequent rolls. Uh, but so in other you, words, we can't make it work on the ship sensors. Correct. Okay. Can't make it work on ship sensors. You can't even replicate it on a separate tricorder. You have one device that it works on. Should anything happen to that one device, you will be starting from scratch. Maybe we should go easy on the threat moving forward. That is a theory. That is definitely a theory. All right. With that, we are going to hold there. And as I'm doing my math, we have 13 total work on a work track of 20. And there are a total of two breakthroughs accomplished, the complication being that uh, reversing the previous gain and that you only have one device. If anything happens to that device, 
you are starting over from scratch, but you do have effectively a single working portable pro- prototype. In other words, we got it to work and we have no idea how. Pretty close, yeah. Non-replicatable science. <laughs> yeah, that's not science and I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> like, we got it, we got it. Uh, I don't know how. Uh, last I knew the janitor came through and bumped the table and it worked. I have no idea what we're doing. Get that janitor's name. <laughs> All right, so with that, we go back to the captain and the XO as they are leaving the bridge. And at this point, as you're getting up to Lee, it, the communications officer simply says, XO, I have a priority message for you. A source? It is a priority one message from an Alejandro Prohias. And, and I will say this, Adam, your character will know, nobody else will particularly know this, that Alejandro is effectively a code name for some of your dealings that lets you know the severity uh, of this importance. This is a definitively life or death, mission critical, eyes only, you need to take the message kind of message. Understood. I look at the commander. I need to take this. This could be relevant to some of the inquiries that we put out. And I will head to my quarters and receive the transmission. Excellent. Tap my comm badge in Lieutenant Tenari, Lieutenant Narilla. Please report to transporter room one. Will do, sir. All right. So as the three of you head towards transporter room one, we will follow the XO this uh into uh his quarters i will open the comm link actually i'll make sure it's secure i will open up a a comm link and i will respond this is dagan which would be the appropriate response excellent what you see is your connect on the other end they are shrouded in shadow and as the communication looks out you can tell that they are in locations and that this is definitely not sitting at a comfortable terminal. There's probably using some kind of portable device to send said communication. The distance is clearly making it more and more of a challenge for the quality of the broadcast. And as the individual steps forward from the shadows, he says, XO now. Excellent. And what is a Vulcan by the name of Talvos, whom you knew previously as the the uh, intelligence officer on board the Delamas Christian who went by the code name St. Cuthbert. Um, he went by the name St. Cuthbert? Yep. That's the character that was played by Chad, one of our early season one games. And so he's known to you. He's been a member of your crew. And you last knew that he had been reassigned to Aslan Station, basically working directly for Pritchard. When the crew split between the Michael Collins and the Delamas Christian, he actually went directly to Aslan Station to work for Pritchard. Okay. Sounds good. And he says, good to see you, sir. I've got news, and it's not good. Go ahead. I'm on Celtec 4, and some of my connections here have let me know that your daughter is in harm's way. I don't have all the details because I don't tend to deal in interplanetary politics, but her position as a prosecutor for the local authorities has put her in the sights of some 
very unsavory organizations. Not specifically because she's a prosecutor, but more specifically because the case she's prosecuting, she has control of a witness, and they want that witness. She's in jeopardy. For reasons, I'm not able to reveal myself, but I couldn't in good conscience not get word to somebody who could help. I don't know what you can do or are willing to do, but the trial starts shortly, and the chatter looks like the threat is not immediate, but imminent. Okay. I take a moment to process that. You know who has me following something that's leaving. I myself won't be here for much longer. If I'm still here when you get here, send out a Proheus call. I'll pick it up. I'll if also... You're still, sorry, repeat that. If you're still on... If he's still on... Saltac. Yeah. You can, when you get there, send out that Proheus call, and he'll definitely pick up to let you to help. If okay. he's not there, I will then respond with the name and give it you a meet with my contact. Okay. Do I know where this trial would be located? She's supposed to be at Starfleet Academy. Is it at the main campus there, or is it somewhere? Has she been? No, moved? it's on Saltec Four. She's uh, on Saltec Four. Yes. Okay. So all that is news to you. Yes, it is. I'll make some calls. You can make calls. I don't think she's going to listen to anybody except for possibly you. And I doubt you're going to do that from half a quadrant away. Nope. But I still have some people on that location. Fair. Take care, sir. Good luck. Out. Yep. And the communication goes away. You know the general protocol. There's like this weird purge. You can actually see it from your terminal that is being rewritten. And it looks like one of those weird giffy uh, greeting cards, the jib-jab type things. Basically, it shows like a Klingon Targ dancing with some ice skating to a traditional Andorian children's song. Okay. So... I'm looking through I'm in my head I'm going through my mental Rolodex of people that I have I know on that who are still there that might be worth reaching out to and after a moment of indecision I call yeah I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna call Colry. I'm going to call my father okay he picks up Ocean I hope all is well it's good. It's good. I wish I was calling under better circumstances, but we may have... Did you know Asara's on Soltak? Of course. She visits me pretty much daily. Whatever she's involved in, I've just gotten word that there may be an attempt. Can you provide any sort of support until I'm able to get leave and get there. Ocean, it's been a while since you've taken the time to call me. What's I know. happened? He reaches out like he's pressing a button on, a, on, on his terminal and you see the camera pan back and that he's in a hospital bed. Oh. Does he look like he's been injured or does this look like sickness? This looks like sickness. You can see he's connected to some devices. 
you can see that he is not in a home, like a home-style setting. He's actually in a medical facility. And then he brings the camera closer, and he says, I was diagnosed with triametic ribian disorder. My prognosis isn't great. Osara has taken time off from the academy to take care of me. In the interim, she's maintaining credits by working for the judiciary. I don't have the ability to do much. So I had visibly shaken by this news. I'm sorry I should have reached out earlier, but we've been dealing with some confidential matters. I'm beyond, take care, take care I, of yourself. I'm beyond I will the point be, of holding grudges, son. I'm glad that I've seen you this time. Have they given you any sense of time? I've yet to meet a doctor that is willing to tell a patient exactly when they're not going to be a patient any longer. I almost missed that. Starfleet doctors can be very blunt. The Starfleet that has you and Osara enraptured, they are what they are. But here in the border, we are what we have always been. Remember that. I never forget it. Not anymore. I will come when I can. I will be here. In this life or the next. And I guess with that, I... Wow. Yeah, that's deep. So I let the call linger a little bit before one of both of us decides that it's time to, to end the call. Uh, at a certain point, you hear medical folks, it's time for your next treatments. And he says, I'm, I must go. And he ends the call. So I pause looking at the calm for a moment. And then I don't even realize that I was holding it, but I hurl the, the glass vase that's in my hand with a shout. I hurl it against the wall. <laughs>